Welcome to the Everyday Advocate Podcast, where we sit down and talk about empowered leadership and healthy relationships as we work in the field of human trafficking and how you can grow as a mentor and leader wherever you are today. This episode talks about human trafficking and shares details that are for mature audiences. Please be advised. My name is Jessica Evans. I'm the founder and executive director at Allies and my co-host Audrey Hood. Our program director is sitting across from me, and we just had a lovely conversation this morning with Alyssa Van Vactor, the executive director at Not Today, as we've been in our series of Human Trafficking Awareness Month. Um, it's January. We started highlighting five things survivors want the community to know about human trafficking, five girls that we work with here at Allies, and one of them was online safety. Mm-hmm. More than one girl actually wanted her peers to know how to be safe online because it's really important to her. And so we invited Alyssa here to talk about that this morning. And it was just a lovely conversation. So good. So good. I felt like the whole time I just was like, yeah, like, just like keep talking. I love this. And so I'm excited for listening to get to just hear her heart and her posture and how she leads the organization and just her own personal passion for protecting her own kids and the kids in the community. So I'm just Mm -hmm. really excited about this conversation. Yeah. Not Today is an incredible organization and I'm thrilled that Alyssa is leading the charge over there. Mm -hmm. We talked about this on the side, but we could have a whole separate conversation about leadership and leadership development and, you know, gathering a team of people and just what that looks like with her. But you'll, you'll hear some of that come through in her conversation today. She's so knowledgeable on this topic and passionate, and I'm, I'm thrilled to bring this, this content to our followers today. All right, well, let's get started. This morning, we are honored to have a friend and just colleague in the anti-trafficking field here in Indianapolis with us, Alyssa Van Vactor. She is the executive director at Not Today, and I'm going to let her share about what Not Today does and what her role is and all of that in the human trafficking field. But before we do that, we like to get started on a positive note every time. And so we're going to ask you, what has been encouraging you lately? What's, what's going on in your life that feels encouraging that you want to share with folks? Yeah, thank you so much for asking that. You know, with the world being the way it has been the last couple of years, I'm so encouraged by the new generation of kids right now. I have a high school daughter, and just seeing the way that the kids are rallying together and want to make change in this world, and so many of them are figuring out ways that they can join forces and rally together, whether it's high school, middle school, especially my middle school daughter. I feel Mm -hmm. like that age group is just really noticing that they have the ability to make change and they're interested in it and they're wanting to figure out how they can use things like technology for good and, Mm -hmm. and figuring out ways to make that change. So I've been really excited to watch my daughters and just kind of their generation of people and just what they're getting interested and excited about. I am so glad that you said that. And this is just a personal little side tangent because my, so my oldest is four and I've kind of been mourning the fact that he's growing up and like entering into the next, you know, season of life. And so it actually is very encouraging for me to hear you say that you're enjoying that and you're inspired by 
that season that your children are in now because mm-hmm. I've been Audrey knows she's yeah. looking at me she's <laughs> I was like in tears about it yesterday my little boy's going to kindergarten this season is over but you know yeah to know that there is like a fun new season next is it is hard and like my daughter who's a freshman we were painting her bedroom over Christmas and she's like well this is the last time we're gonna redo my room before I go off to college and I'm like what? don't say that to me <laughs> But at the same time, like watching her morph into who she's becoming yeah. and exploring that and like watching her interest and figuring out like what's next in life. It's been really fun to kind of see that transition. Mm-hmm. So as sat and I remember being in your place mm-hmm. and my youngest is a fourth grader and okay. it's like we've got another year until he's out of elementary school. But I'm just like, we are just in this really, really big transitional space mm-hmm. as a family mm-hmm. and every year is going to continue to do that. And mm-hmm. But it is fun to watch them kind of figure out who they want to be. And it takes, I I know we're going to talk about this, but in a world of technology and in a world of what they're exposed to on TV and all of that, it does take a lot more just being aware, awareness of what they're involved in and Mm -hmm. who's influencing them. But it is fun to kind of watch them take, like be sponges and take what you're teaching them and learning that or teaching them and what they're learning and just kind of morph that into their next phase of life. So. I'm glad That's you shared cool. that. That I definitely that. encouraged me today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, so will you just take a moment and tell us about yourself? Tell us about Not Today and what you do there. Just kind of paint a picture for yeah. us. So I am 40. I turned 40 this year. Well, it's now I'm going into the year of 41, but... Welcome to the um, club. Yeah. I'm right there with you. <laughs> so my background for the last... Before Not Today, my background, my whole career was education. I was an elementary teacher for 10 years and taught anywhere from kindergarten, preschool, all the way up through third grade. And then I spent seven or eight years in the greater Indianapolis area leading nonprofit, faith-based high school for struggling kids. Okay. And so it was like an alternative high school but we worked with all of the kids that just couldn't function in a regular high school setting and mm-hmm. needed something different. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it was just that the large high schools were overwhelming and there was anxiety. Sometimes it was teen pregnancies or alcohol abuse or family traumas and issues, mm-hmm. just all kinds of things. And that was really amazing for me to kind of build this foundation of just being an advocate for children on yeah. a deeper level uh-huh. that were struggling or had insecurities and vulnerabilities. And, and then Really through that, I had four schools in the greater Indianapolis area I was leading and made a lot of connections. And about a year and a half ago, two years ago, now in January, just kind of felt this stirring that there was something else I was meant to do. And I had no idea what it was, (laughs) no idea what I was I had always done education and yeah, I was just uh-huh. kind of like, well, what are you calling me to? And, uh-huh. and it was about a three month process of just kind of being open to whatever might come my way mm-hmm. and was sitting in a nonprofit leadership meeting and was sharing this feeling. And the director said, well, I just got a job, apl- a job description of somebody looking for a new executive director. I think you should take a look at it. And it was for my current company, Not Today. Mm-hmm. And it was a brand new startup foundation. And Not Today f- was founded in 2019, but hired their first staff in 2021. Okay. Oh, I and, didn't realize that. Yeah. Okay. And it's founded by NFL coach Frank, Frank Reich and his wife, Linda. Mm-hmm. And they were the former Colts head coach. And so they were right here in Indianapolis mm-hmm. and starting a foundation in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And I took a look at it and just kind of really processed, you know, can I do this? Is this something I want to do? Is this something I'm capable of doing? Mm-hmm. And thought I felt like I should go for it. So applied and then started in June of 2021. So I'm at my year and a half mark of being okay. the executive director yeah. there. And it's been phenomenal and it's been growing. I've grown a lot. I've learned a lot, learned a lot about the field. Not today's focus is on prevention and awareness of child sexual abuse, exploitation, and trafficking. 
And so everything we do is to protect children and restore the innocence of childhood. Mm -hmm. And so whether it's working with great companies like you guys and nonprofits that are in the field that have been in here for a long time serving children and and girls that are survivors, or whether it's working with schools, which has been a big Mm -hmm. passion recently to get ahead of it in prevention. Mm -hmm. And on the awareness side, working with families and parents to help bring the awareness to the issue I've spoke last year at a lot of community engagement events, rotary clubs and things like that were like, I had no idea this was an issue. I had no idea it existed right here in our own backyard. And Which so, is surprising. Right. Still here in 2023. Yeah. That, yeah. that is still the case, but it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I think really my calling within this organization has been is, is to be able to take my experience with public speaking and schools and just being a parent who's currently has three children. I have three children that are 14, 12, and 10. And my kids are in the midst of everything we're educating yeah. on. And so it's it's yeah. a unique experience for me mm-hmm. to be able to to go to my friends and parents and say, I know what you're dealing with. I'm right here. I have kids that are this age. This is exactly what I'm experiencing and what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. and just the the lack of awareness that parents have because technology has almost become babysitters. And mm-hmm. and it's it's amazing what kids can do with it, but it's also very scary at what doors can be open if you're not paying attention. And that's really become for me something that I want to make sure parents are educated on. So, yeah. yeah. I love the mission of Not Today. And I love the posture that you hold in the community that you're like, okay, here are the things that we want to focus on and do, but also we want to lift up other agencies mm-hmm. that are doing great work. You didn't come in and say, we're going to like do it all, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, I love that posture that you guys have held and that you've tried to lift up everyone that's doing mm-hmm. their part. Cause there are so many yeah. parts Yeah, and the part that you're playing too is also very critical. So I appreciate that about you guys. Yeah. Our mission from the beginning when Frank and Linda created this with the board was to be a catalyst. And that's exactly what we wanted to do because like you said, there's so many organizations that are the boots on the ground that are serving children that know what to do and we really wanted to use our platform that was unique with the nfl and say right. how can we link arms with everybody open doors that might need to be opened work with legislation work with higher ups anywhere that we can to bring everybody together and and we certainly that. never have the attitude of like we know everything and we want to just we want to encourage and support mm-hmm. and like you said and and part of that is the way we do rest, restoration care is we provide grants and so last year we gave $175,000 in grants out Incredible. to organizations in Indiana that are boots on the ground that are children and and kids that are coming from exploitation, sexual abuse and trafficking and that's really important to us because we want to make sure that there is sustainability in this field and mm-hmm. that organizations continue that great work. Yeah, I love that. That's I love so cool. I didn't want to stop you while you're talking because you had so many good things to say, but I, <laughs> one thing that I was thinking as you were talking is, you know, in our podcast, we want to try to focus on obviously human trafficking, but also leadership and mentorship and kind of how we can in just the community in general use who we are as people and our natural gifts and abilities to make an impact. And so I love that you were able to use the education background and all of the skills that you learned as an educator. I come from the field of education too, mm. and I thought, gosh, I could never run a nonprofit, but there's so many transferable skills. And yeah. so I love that you're able to use all those skills that you gain and it wasn't lost time by any means, you know, yeah. to get to where you are now, but just, you know, building upon what you did to, you know, kind of go to a new, yeah. new way of impacting people. I truly believe that a team is what makes and breaks everything. And, you know, I may be the leader, but my team is executing their each unique gift in their field. And that's mm-hmm. what makes us 
be able to do what we can do. And I have an amazing team and they're all gifted in their own ways. And I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And if I have an area that's a weakness, I am certainly the person that is like, you are better at this than me. So (laughs) how can we work together and solve those and, and fill those gaps? And Emma, who is on my team, that's my program director, is phenomenal with programs and organization and management. And so I lean on her a lot to kind of make, you know, I'm out in the community and meeting people and getting the relationship started. And then Emma is so gifted at taking that on and really just executing at a beautifully way. So mm-hmm. team is important. I know. I think good leaders are just really good at like gathering people that are good at the things that they're not, you know, mm-hmm. the gathering people together to make a really good team, you know, yeah, and just keeping the keeping everyone going. And yeah. I was, I was going to say too, like, yeah. I think it's so cool. Like hearing your journey into this field mm-hmm. too, is like kind of started with the stirring and you're paying attention to mm-hmm. the stirring that the Lord had put on your heart and just saying yes. And like taking your experience, kind of what you were saying, Jess, like, and building upon it mm-hmm. to be able to create this and gather. And I feel like good leaders, which both of you are, I can attest to, I definitely know Jessica leading. She's been leading me for at least seven years <laughs> and I'm still here. And so I just, I find it really cool that great leaders, especially I just see it in this field a lot, are gatherers mm-hmm. and people who are paying attention to what the Spirit is saying. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay. We went down some beautiful <laughs> rabbit trails. I think I initiated most of them, but okay. We're going to get back to what we wanted you to come on here to talk about today, among other things. Obviously, we're in a we're in January right now. It's Human Trafficking Awareness Month. We're in a series of sharing about things that the survivors we work with want people to know, and it was very interesting that several of the girls that we asked mentioned that they want other teenagers to know how to be safe online. Mm-hmm. And that actually surprised us. Yeah. We, uh, we weren't looking for that answer when we asked them. And this came just naturally through our conversation with them. So in your opinion, why is online safety a problem related to HT? Like, what are we seeing in the field? Like, we know that, you know, we're, we're asking parents to make sure that their kids are protected when they're online. Like, how does that correlate with HT? Why, why do we have to be concerned just as a average parent. Yeah. So there's definitely a misconception that trafficking is a white unmarked van pulling up and getting <laughs> shot off the street. And, you know, so many modern day movies like Taken and stuff have that. And even my own children will tell me, I'm afraid to go outside and play because somebody might steal me. Mm -hmm. So children even have this misconception that trafficking is somebody coming up and stealing you. And and even parents think it's, oh, that won't happen in my backyard. That won't happen here. Mm -hmm. But really, the main trigger that's leading to a lot of trafficking these days is online exploitation. Mm -hmm. And it's starting online and it's starting in the form of chatting. And what's happening is predators have gotten really good at grooming children to just become friends. And somebody and it's happening in your everyday games and apps it's happening Mm. on just regular games that you would think would be innocent it's happening on xboxes and playstations and nintendos anywhere that a chat function is available is where these predators are figuring out how to get to our children and our children have undeveloped brains until they're like 28 years old and we as adults think about it from an adult perspective and we think Mm -hmm. oh i would never formulate a conversation with somebody because that would be wrong and i don't know them and they're a stranger well our kids don't think that way Mm -hmm. and when our kids have vulnerabilities and insecurities that we may not realize are happening then that leads to a gap being filled online through chatting Mm -hmm. so you may have a lonely child that maybe isn't in sports or doesn't have a lot of friends or feels left out or feels bullied and they may not be sharing that with a parent but what happens is somebody reaches out through a game and starts chatting and just becomes their friend and now you have somebody that is grooming a child and becoming a trusted 
friend. And sometimes our kids think that this is somebody their age because Mm -hmm. the predator is telling them, oh, I'm a... I'm a girl at your school or I'm a boy at your school or I'm, you know, I'm 12 or whatever that might be. And, and they can actually go on the parents' social media accounts and they can look and see where do they live, what school do they go yeah. to, what sports are they in, what activities are they in. What do and they, they can, look like? Yeah, what do they uh-huh. look like? And they can reference that to the child to grow that trust. Mm-hmm. And so you have gaming apps, you have social media apps, you have all these things where if parents are not educated and aware and paying attention, mm-hmm. conversations start and you have normal everyday children that have healthy family lifestyles that maybe go to church, that maybe have sports, maybe have lots of friends that are suddenly being groomed Mm -hmm. to believe that there is something better out there that's missing. And they are, and then that starts young. That can start at an elementary age. It can be a middle school age. My middle school daughter, we have emails galore coming out from the schools right now saying, please do not let your children have social media. Here's all these articles referencing Um, why children at middle school should not have social media. They're cyberbullying. They're getting exposed to nude images and pornography and all of these things at a young age that are leading to this normalization of Mm -hmm. pornography and nudity and being sexy and desiring that kind of relationship. So now when you are a girl that's a middle schooler and you don't feel pretty and you feel confused and you have somebody telling you how beautiful you are Mm -hmm. through chats and send me a picture and you're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, Mm -hmm. it's filling that insecurity and that void and it's grooming a child to mentally think that that's what they need or want. So what we're seeing and really is a lot of that, and I just read an article called Defend Young Minds where they were referencing all of this and they were referencing even pornography and how pornography is playing such a huge role in human trafficking. Mm-hmm. One example that they used was a boy that was a 17-year-old, like good-looking athlete, chatting online with some girls, met this really pretty girl. He had been exposed to pornography. So in his mind, sex was normalized mm-hmm. and started, in his words, hooking up with this girl on the side that was a 21-year-old girl. And they were supposed to meet up for a date. And that date happened to be at a house where men were waiting for him. Kind of this reverse, waiting for him. And the girl had been paid to set him up to meet with with these men. And so she wanted nothing to do with him. It was all a way that she was grooming him through this trafficking. She, in reverse, was, you know, a lot of what we see. And so she was being exploited. She was being exploited. In turn, was exploiting him. Yep. And then a lot of the law enforcement officers, specifically the ICAC of Southern Indiana, was telling us that is being used. To, so what's happening is you have high school boys that are being paid to befriend girls and create relationships and girlfriends with girls on Snapchat. And they're being paid then to get them to send nude photos or videos, and then they will in turn turn that into the person that's paying them. And these girls, you know, this summer I was at a park with my family, and we were at one of the concerts at the park and running around, and all the middle school, high school girls that were with the families I was with were all just playing volleyball in a circle. And these boys were coming up to them nonstop that they did not know and asking them for their snap. What's your snap? I want to, you know, let's get to know each other. What's your snap? Well, one of the girls started snapping this boy and he wanted to be her boyfriend. And then he wanted to, and he went to the same school as her. They lived in the same town and he wanted to like start talking about hooking up or kissing or making out. And this is a, I think she was seventh grade at the time, seventh grade, eighth grade girl. And her, she had told a friend who told her mom and the mom had told me and was like, what do we do? Oh my gosh. 
And and it's like you have to have conversations. Like parents have to be aware that this is happening proactively, proactively, and have these conversations because it's happening whether we are aware or not. It's going to happen to our children. Mm -hmm. So two personal examples with my family is my daughter, who's a high schooler, so she's 14. We just allowed Instagram. She's had no social media this whole time. Just allowed Instagram a couple months ago for the first time. And we were going on a family vacation out of state, and we were traveling at national parks, and she wanted to document it. So I was like, okay, we'll, we'll do this. But I said, I'm only going to set up the account through my account so I can see everything coming in, every friend request, every message, every like, everything is popping up on my account. Now she can, that's her own personal account, mm-hmm. but I can monitor it still. So I noticed a conversation happening a couple weeks ago where somebody that I recognized the name, so I knew it was somebody she knew, mm-hmm. was asking her questions and then suddenly it was like, can you take a picture of my, my Instagram account? I'm getting locked out of it and I need to get logged back in. And this conversation was happening through, through Instagram messaging. And then it was, can you send me your phone number? I want to send you a text with the link so I can get logged back in. And I'm watching this happening and I'm thinking, this is a red flag. This is not right. So I called my daughter over and I was like, hey, let's take a look at this. And I, have a, I want to see what's going on. And this was the first time she'd experienced something like this. So she was, this was new. Well, the girl that was messaging her, which she thought was one of her golf teammates. So she knew the girl. Mm-hmm. The account looked the exact same as the girl's golf account. She'd already been friends with her on on Instagram. Same name, same pictures, Mm -hmm. same information, but the person that had created this fake duplicate account changed one small thing in the name. So there was like an underscore added after her name. Well, these kids are changing their names on Instagram all the time. All the time. So right. she didn't Don't think notice, anything of it. Yeah. Didn't think anything of it. Uh-huh. She's not studying the, right. the emojis and the underscores. <laughs> yeah. And so I said, all right, let's take a look at this. Let's mm-hmm. look at the messages. And I said, does she have your phone number? And she said, yeah, we've texted before. And I'm like, so then why would she ask you for your phone number again? And why would she be messaging you on Instagram if she's texted you before? And she was like, oh my gosh. Um, and I'm like, this is a fake account. This person is trying to get your phone number so they can start messaging you. And what happened was this person sent a message wanting her to join their, um, I forget what it was. It was another social media account that was like a chatting like account and she said when she saw that she thought that was strange and she's like immediately I was like that's not right I'm not gonna go join mm-hmm. this what's up it was a what's 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 yeah. 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 it was join my whatsapp so we can chat so she thought it was her girlfriend messaging her but then when they said join my whatsapp she was immediately like hmm and so then when I went to go click on it later the account was gone. It had already been deleted and already been taken down. Wow. So we blocked it. And so I said, okay, this is an example. And she immediately was like, I thought I would never fall for that. Like she told me immediately when we got Instagram, I'll never fall for any of this. And I'm like, this is, they're so good at this. Like this is what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And even our pastor at our church, his account has been duplicated multiple times. And there's always an underscore changed on his name. And he has had to post on Instagram so many times, fake account, don't listen. And so again, my daughter had friended this account of his thinking, and I had done the same thing, Uh thinking it was him. He sends a message through chatting immediately that was like a Bible verse. I'm praying for you. Thanks for being my friend. And then at the very bottom, join my WhatsApp so we can talk more. Same exact situation. So it's happening. And I think that that's where like these groomers are just so good good. at knowing. And if we as parents aren't paying attention to that, 
then you know a child could immediately go download a whatsapp mm-hmm. and then yeah. create an account no, there's no verifications. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, you have to say you're 18, but you can easily change your birthday. Nobody's right. checking in and yeah. stuff. And then start the side chat going on where we have no idea any of this is happening. Yeah. So Gosh. one of the ways that I've combated that is on my children all have an Apple account under my Apple account. I have the parental features turned on. So they, I have all the security features turned on. They cannot download an app without asking my permission. So That's I know good. every yeah. single app and they have to ask my permission if I don't know what it is, I research it. I read it. If it's a new social media type thing, I'm researching it. I'm reading it. And even my 14 year old, I mean, they think they call me a, a hovering parent and they say that I'm too strict, but I'm like, you don't know, like your brain is not mature enough to understand what is happening. And I have to be aware of what you're putting on your phone. Mm -hmm. And then we, as a family also downloaded bark and we paid for a year subscription and bark will, I attach all their devices, all their email accounts, everything to bark school devices everything and it monitors emails messages downloads pictures and then it will send me as a parent an alert if there's something that looks dangerous or not good and and when you look at the bark and there's other companies and softwares like bark but when you pull it up and you look at it it's it talks about how they've saved so many children from suicide and from receiving nude images and Mm -hmm. all these things because it catches that stuff so Yeah. So that's so wild. And I I feel like we always think like, we're not gonna be the one to fall for it. But Mm -hmm. I even like, this isn't grooming necessarily, but with scammers, I mean, right. Like, I feel like that's like more our generation and older. We're getting like suckered by scammers. (laughs) Yeah. And I almost fell for one recently. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm too smart for that. No. Like if I, I think one of our girls said like, if you think it won't happen to you, more chances are that it's going to happen to you. And it's so true. But I feel like with groomers, with scammers, with people that are trying to exploit people and their vulnerabilities, they spend 100% of their time doing this. And so I think that that is alarming and something that we should be mindful of because Mm -hmm. sometimes we don't feel like we have 100% of the time to pay attention to all these things. Mm -hmm. But if we don't, we were vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, I was just thinking that that's a lot of work on your oh, end as yeah. a parent. Yeah, right. So, and much. so you can see why parents don't take the time to have the mm-hmm. extra, take those extra steps because it is a lot of time mm-hmm. and energy and effort, and probably conversations you want to have with your kids that are hard because mm-hmm. they're not happy with it mm-hmm. and holding those boundaries and trying to do the right thing. And even on our end, on our own social media accounts, paying attention yeah. is, mm-hmm. is a lot, let alone our kids. So, well, I love that you also like mentioned the groomers looking at the parents' social media. Yeah. And and I feel like that's something I've felt very like a heightened awareness around like, what am I posting on my, I only have Facebook Mm -hmm. LinkedIn, but what am I posting on those apps? And what is it telling about the people in my life, my sister's kids and, you know, my friend's kids and, and am I sharing too much information that eventually someone could get to that information and exploit that kid. And so Mm -hmm. sometimes I have a, a friend who recently had a baby and she's like unpopular opinion, but we're not posting anything about our child on social yeah. media. If you want to know what's going on in his life or our life, like hit us up, you know, yeah. and uh, people like actually were not super kind to her about that. You know, mm-hmm. people were like, why? Like it's our right. And it's like, no, <laughs> it's not your right to know oh unless you're either friend, you know, yeah. in, in, in life. And so, but sometimes it takes what seems extreme as a parent Mm -hmm. to really protect your kids. Mm -hmm. Well, you think about how many parents post pictures of their toddler Mm -hmm. naked or in a bathtub or with no swimsuit on or running around in a diaper. I mean, my own brother has his toddlers out in the front yard naked half the time running around (laughs) with other neighborhood kids. And it's like, you don't know who's taking those pictures, putting them online, selling them, duplicating them, looking at them. 
and that's where it starts. Mm-hmm. And and it's just really, really scary, the world we live in. I had to change all of my social media accounts to private. They had been yeah. public because I was in network marketing and had lots of like endless amounts of whoever wants to follow me, follow me, because that's what we were trained to do. And over the last couple of years, I've had to make everything private and take things down mm-hmm. because I want to try to protect my children mm-hmm. and make sure that somebody's not looking at what school they're going to and using that against them as they start to yeah. get social media. And mm-hmm. yeah. And my sixth grade daughter does not have social media. And I've told her not until you're in high school and we're kind of playing with it and watching my oldest daughter. She only has Instagram. I, I will not let her have Snapchat. Mm-hmm. I have a Snapchat account and it's on my phone only. And I, and she has some of her friends on there. And so sometimes she'll go on there and look at stuff, but mm-hmm. it's just, you know, I am, I am in the opinion with, as a parent that you have to tell your kids, like you may hate me now, but mm-hmm. my job is to protect you. Right. And yeah. if you, something happens to you, you will hate me even more than if I don't protect you. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, my kids all the time tell me that I'm too strict and I just say, you know what, that's the way our family is going to be. And I don't care what your friends, parents are doing, yeah. but in our house, this is what we're doing. And, yeah. and I look at their phones and I look at their text threads and I look at what they're doing and turn on every safety feature possible because I, I know that they are not aware because their brains are not developed to know yeah. what's mm-hmm. the right and what's the wrong right now. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all of that. I, I also want, I want to make sure we have time for you to share about what Not Today is doing to address yeah. online safety because I know that was a big emphasis for you guys a year or so ago mm-hmm. and I want you to be able to share about your resources and and what's out there to help parents that you know about. Yeah. So we have a parent and caregiver guidebook and it's free on our website, not today, which is K N O T T O D A Y.org. And we have an English and Spanish and the whole concept behind that was creating a really easy user-friendly guide for parents that had questions, answers, things that you could look at. And, you know, everything about this guide is meant for communication. And like, like I've just been saying, having conversations with Mm -hmm. your kids Mm -hmm. and it's a topic that not many parents know what to say or how Mm -hmm. to address it. And they just think that, Oh, school's handling it maybe, but this guide gives you questions and conversation pieces to have with your kids. And if a child does respond with something uncomfortable or something that is a learning or alarming to you, it gives the way to follow up and a mm-hmm. way to talk to them about that. So, it has hotline numbers and phone numbers of where to go for help and support. Um, we have ther- our resources on our website if you're in Indiana of therapy that you can mm-hmm. go see and seek out. And, and so we really just, we wanted that guide to give parents a tool and it's not just a one and done, it's an ongoing conversation. Mm-hmm. And as they grow and they get older, what else do you need to talk about? Or how does that conversation expand and what more do you add to that conversation? And then on top of that, the second kind of key piece to it is red flags, red flags in children that you can look for and red flags in predators. Mm -hmm. And then what are the watchwords? What are the hot words that are out there right now that you may hear or you need to know about? And so that kind of gives parents as well something to look for, whether you're trying to hire a babysitter or a nanny or Mm -hmm. grandparents' house or you know, 90% of these kids are being sexually abused by somebody they know and trust a family member, somebody in their circle. So how are you able to watch for those warning signs? So, so that tool and resource has been really important for us to get out into the world. It's, it's, we've had over 20,000 copies we've given out physical copies, and then we have it downloadable as well. It's free. And so that's a big priority for not today. And then a second big priority for us to address this is on the awareness and prevention side, we have launched a prevention education 
program and it's really just making sure Indiana law says that every school needs to have prevention education mm-hmm. in the classroom annually mm-hmm. and that teachers need to be trained on manual mandatory reporting. So mm-hmm. if something does come up, how do you report that? What, where do you report it? When do you report it? And then also just for trafficking and sexual abuse, what are the warning signs? What are you yeah. looking for? What to be alert and aware of? And so we have just really been on a journey this year to empower schools, make sure it's happening, working with legislation, working with prevention education specialists to make sure that they have tools and resources and funds and capacity growing that they need because we don't want any child to ever miss an opportunity to protect themselves. Yeah. So giving them to get ahead of it on the front side, to educate mm-hmm. them. And that involves internet exploitation mm-hmm. prevention. Part of that is that in cyberbullying and all of that. So how do they protect themselves? And And then on the awareness side for parents, you know, using the guide for parents and using our platform and our unique opportunity to really get in front of parents and say, like, this is happening and you need to be aware and here's how you protect your child too. What age do you recommend parents start having these conversations with their kid? So honestly, it starts from two years old. Mm -hmm. There are amazing books that you can buy, board books Mm -hmm. on Amazon that are all about body boundaries, body Mm -hmm. safety, what is your, what part of your body is private and what should not be touched or looked at. And you can start with just a simple board book and and read that with your toddlers and your children. And then when they get into elementary school, it's about body boundaries. Who are your trusted adults that you can go to if something happens? Mm-hmm. You know, secrets, making sure kids know the difference between yeah. surprises and secrets mm-hmm. and that no child should ever be asked to keep a secret. Mm-hmm. And and also if somebody makes you feel uncomfortable, you don't have to hug them or touch them. Yeah. You know, it, we just got off of Christmas and mm-hmm. we were around lots of people at Christmas and we yeah. were trying to educate parents on if your child does not feel comfortable going off with a cousin and playing or hugging an uncle do not make them you know there could be a reason for that and just having those conversations and then in middle school and high school it turns into relationship safety and online safety and pornography and protecting your minds and again there's great books out there for parents on that you can read to your child great books on bad images and how why your child doesn't want to see these images just really like changing that age-appropriate conversation as they get older the, the scary thing is, is that our children are exposed to things and know about things way earlier than we think. We want <laughs> to yeah. think, yeah. My 10-year-old yeah. son has, on the bus, has conversations with kids all the time that parents are not like we are. And they talk about R-rated movies that they watch. They talk about Netflix shows they watch. They talk about, I mean, my sixth grade daughter already knows about pornography. She knows about, oh, she the other day she asked about pole dancing. She had heard the, a term oh about pole goodness. dancing the other day. I mean, they're exposed to things. Yeah. And so... I told my children, I am your Google. Do not ever try to go look something up. If you hear a word you don't understand, if you hear a terminology or a phrase, come to me because mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about it in a way that's that's real and has yeah. truth behind it. And is so could just having those age-appropriate conversations from the beginning all the way up. I love that you said, I am your Google. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's like <laughs> such a good phrase. Like, just come to me. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, because you don't know where these kids are learning their definitions from. And Mm -hmm. if they're going to their friends and asking, you don't know what that's going to lead to. Yeah, and what they, their family is telling them is good. Yeah. It might be a very different definition of what is good. Right, Mm -hmm. yeah. So we've been talking a lot about parents and families. So, and, you know, people who are watching, watching, they're not watching us. Thank goodness. (laughs) We have people that have been trying to get us to record this via video. And Audrey and I keep saying no. Maybe eventually. (laughs) Not yet. They're listening. And maybe they aren't a parent. Maybe they Mm -hmm. aren't, you know, a teacher or a 
a place that's you know interacting with children in that kind of way. What could just the average community member mm-hmm. do to be supporting anti-trafficking efforts, or how might people be contributing without knowing it? Can you kind of speak to that? Yeah. So Emma in my office is a, a wife, but not a mom, and she does not have any children. And and we've had this conversation many times, and. I think it's about being aware of your surroundings because you could be the first line of defense to protect somebody. Here's an example. We were at Kings Island this summer and my daughter witnessed, observed on a roller coaster, an older man and a teenage girl, and they were in a relationship by the way they were physically touching each other and talking to each other, but it seemed something was not right. It looked very off. And my daughter observed it and brought it to me and we talked about that. And so I think like if you're in the general public, it doesn't matter if you have your own children, just being aware of yeah. what might look yeah. wrong or off and being able to alert, you know, pol- police law enforcement about it or turning it in or just knowing like that there is a hotline, knowing that there yeah. are warning signs mm-hmm. and red flags because it is happening in hotels, it's happening in gas stations, it's happening in rest stops, airports. And if you're aware of your surroundings and you're aware of what to look for, you could be protecting a child that isn't aware or doesn't have anybody else looking out for them. Yeah. And, and so who I think oftentimes probably isn't going to say yeah. help, help exactly. them in trouble, right? right? I think that's yeah. like a misconception too. A lot of times is are people thinking they would want out of this, right. obviously, you yeah. know, but it just looks different because of the grooming process and the trust and the mm-hmm. love or the, the provision that is, you know, provided for them to get them to that point. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Really so I think a lot of it for them. And then if you're passionate about it, even if you're not like, super involved in it, you know, helping to support financially those organizations that are doing the boots on the ground work. And, and like allies has the mentorship program, which is a beautiful way. And, and I think just knowing what's available and what's out there so that you can support it and whether it's financially or being a volunteer or something like that, you don't have to have your own children to be aware. You could just have a an innate desire to want to protect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that is in all of us. I like that you use that word. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to wrap up, but I want to give you just kind of one last opportunity. Is there something that you wanted to share, something you want to plug that Not Today has going on? What, you know, one last final thought from you. Yeah, so we also partner with law enforcement, and we have a electronic detection canine dog named Hunter that is also key in rescuing kids out of trafficking or online exploitation. They go in with search warrants with law enforcement officers, and they are trained to smell the electronic fluid in devices that might contain pornography or pornographic images of children that's so interesting so interesting that's like a like what does that what is that like (laughs) yes and it's and what i learned is every thumbnail device laptop computer phone contains the same fluid okay and so they train these dogs to smell the fluid so a detective to the human eye may not be able to find a thumb drive frozen in an ice cube tray in a freezer or buried under, you know, five layers of trash or something like that. But these dogs can go in and find it. They can find it in feet of water. They can find it in wow. soil. They can find it in walls, hidden behind walls. So we purchased Hunter. He was our first electronic detection canine dog two years ago. And he has done amazing things. You can follow him on Instagram. He's part of the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department 
ICAC, which is Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. Mm -hmm. And then just a month ago, we purchased our second canine dog, and her name is Kala. I didn't know that. Yes. That's great. It's, we are announcing that information and launching that information next week. So oh, this okay. is, great. Okay. Yeah, yeah, this is early timing. news. And uh, she's going to Wisconsin and has okay. a handler in Wisconsin that's working with her. Okay. And Jordan Detections is right down the street from our office in Indianapolis. That's where they train all these dogs. And he has trained a hundred of these dogs to be deployed across the world and all over the United States. And they are doing amazing things to protect children. So we at Not Today are launching a January campaign, and it's going to start on the 9th. And all month in January, we have stuffed dogs that replicate Hunter and Kala. Oh. And you can make a donation and get one of these stuffed dogs. And then one of the stuffed dogs will be given to the handler that when they go in on these rescue missions, and if there's children involved and they rescue a child, they give a child the stuffed oh, dog that. that mimics their dog that came in and found them and rescued them. And so... And oh, all I of got chills. I know That's it's so, so sweet. cool. And so the sweet. cool thing about these dogs is they actually come from being therapy dogs originally oh. that maybe just couldn't quite make it as a therapy dog. Maybe they were had too much energy or whatever their labs typically. And so they have this initial training of a therapy dog. So when they bring a child out of this traumatic mm. situation and these kids are now going to court and in hearings, these dogs lay with these children and just wow. provide therapy and they calm their heart rate down and they give them a sense of this like just peace and calming. And so they're just incredible dogs and we would purchase a million of them if we could yeah. and deploy them everywhere. <laughs> and then we want to keep continuing to purchase them yeah. and putting them where they're needed. Mm -hmm. So all the money we're raising in January through this campaign is going to go to Jordan Detections. He needs a fence for the outdoor training part okay. for the dog and epoxing the floors. And then the handlers, once they receive these dogs, it's their own financial responsibility to pay for the dog food, the vet bills, oh, all of this. So we are also putting together scholarships where somebody can help the handler now have money to pay for those appointment, vet bills, dog food, all that. So, Wow. Yeah. You're talking about there's so many pieces to this yeah. problem. That's what, I've been in this field for 12 plus years, mm -hmm. and that's not even something that crossed my mind, that yeah. that would be a piece of this puzzle. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. Yeah. But so important. Yeah. I love that. Wow. And, and really, sexual abuse, exploitation, and trafficking, as you know, are so interconnected. Yeah. And so all of those mm -hmm. law enforcement officers that are searching for these devices, those children, a lot of them have been pinged to trafficking or being trafficked or right. were stolen, you know, all these things. So, right. Yeah. That's so important. I'm so glad you shared that. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for asking. I'm just so honored and thrilled that you came to share with us this morning and be here with us. I'm so grateful that we get to work alongside you here in Indy Likewise. and the work that you're doing is so important. Just really grateful that you landed in this spot so that yeah, we could, we could work with you and get to walk alongside not today in the great work that you guys are doing. So well, you all are truly good friends of ours too, and have yeah. taught us so much. So we are honored to be able to partner with you. So thank you for the work you're doing. Yeah, this it's great. I, I love that. I, I'm grateful for this platform of the podcast mm -hmm. to be able to highlight that and highlight the fact that we are all working together yeah. and it is relational what we're doing. It's not siloed by any means. We need each other and mm -hmm. all of it. And so I'm grateful that we get to highlight that too. So your website again, can you share that again? Yes. It's nottoday.org, which is K-N-O-T. T-O-D-A-Y.org. And I'm sure you're on social media channels too. Yes. And, Instagram, okay. Twitter, Facebook. Not Today Foundation is what it is on there. So okay. if you go look it up, Foundation is abbreviated to FDN, I think is what it is. Okay. And yeah, you can find us on there. We we post regularly. LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn as well. We try to provide, especially during this month, information, resources, mm -hmm. tools, all of that. 
Great. Well, thanks for joining us for Human Trafficking Awareness Month. Of yes. course, you can find us online too. Email us at everydayadvocate at allies-inc.org if you want to connect with us about the podcast or have ideas about what you'd like to hear. And we'd love to connect with you too. Thank you for joining us for the Everyday Advocate podcast. We hope you left inspired to make a difference in your community wherever you are today.